Amen. Right on. We're in this series called Better Together. We have just a short little two-week series, and um, what's what's left of the month of May, we we put this series in here. We've actually done a series called Better Together because it's really kind of the core of what we believe here is that we are called to do life together, and we're better when we do it together. Amen. And so this week, we're going to talk about how we're better together with a servant's heart, and then next week, we're going to talk about we're better together in relationships and doing life together. And there's scriptural um, proof of that, that we're just called to be together uh, in life. And so today, I want to talk about servant's heart and how we're better when we serve together and we do life together and we work together. And here's what I want to say. I'm going to, I'm going to mention quite a bit about serving the body of Christ and being involved in church and, and serving the vision uh, of a church. But I also want to let you know all of these principles of having a servant's heart and living a servant's way, um, this applies in every area of your life, your job, your marriage, how you're parenting. All of this we're called to serve first. Are you with me? And so, uh, again, as you hear it, you know, hear it for what it is in the church, but what it is in your marriage and what it is in your parenting, and, um, and God will grow you through it. Amen? All right, I got kind of an interesting start to this. Um, Proverbs uh, chapter 9, verse 10. You're going to feel like this might be a little bit out of place, but this is the NIV version. It says this. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, no, of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So here, let me break this down for you a minute, and I'll show you where it makes sense. So let's take the fear part of it. Uh, everybody, you know, we begin to talk about the fear of God. So the fear of God. Uh, here's what we need to know first. When we talk about fearing God or having the fear of God, and I can't get into it real deep because it'd be probably even more than just a sermon. It would get into a series. But we're not talking about being afraid of God, not being scared of God, because that wouldn't make very much sense because the scripture says that perfect love casts out all fear. And the scripture also says God is love. So how can we be afraid of, am I now making sense there? But at the same time, you don't water it down in the sense of like, God's nothing to be afraid of because there is such a thing as God's judgment. Are you with me? And so really then what we do is we get over on this side and we say, oh, fear is more just kind of about reverence. It's like almost this passing by of God of like, oh, yeah, we respect God. He's got a good name. And that's not it at all either. Uh, it is a very deep, I actually brought kind of a statement with you about what the fear of God is. But the scripture says that getting in that place of the proper fear of God, it says it's the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of it. Basically, it's the foundation. It's the building point of all things that are wise. Are you with me? So you want success. You want to grow in life. You want to see things. Of, okay, you start with this base of like, I live in the fear of God, this place of the fear of God. It's the beginning of wisdom and everything else gets stacked on that. We actually crave understanding. We, we crave wisdom. We want to be the next uh, inventor. We want to be the next Elon Musk. We want to be the next smart. We want to be the next all-wise, all-knowing, cutting-edge. That's, that's a way that you are wired. And the problem is we go after it for ourselves. We go, self-help book, and I'm a self-made man. We all say that in culture, and we put it all on ourselves. But no, the, the way to achieve that, that hole that you have of, of wanting wisdom and understanding, you start by fearing God. Am, am I making sense? Is this okay? And so we kind of wrote, wrote it up like this. Here's the fear of God. It's a continual awareness that you are in the presence of a holy, just, and almighty God. A continual awareness that you are in the presence of a holy, just, and almighty God. What am I trying to say? 
I'm trying to say you don't live your life in a way that you're aware of it only at church. You're aware of it, oh, when worship is on. No, we live in a continual state of awareness that there is a holy and just almighty God. And then it says this, and it says, in that every motive, thought, word, and action is open before him and will be judged by him. You can't hide anything from God. Your motives can be hidden from me, your husband, your wife. Your thoughts can be kept in yourself. There's all those things, but it says that they're open before him. So we have to have this lifestyle, this fear of God, understanding that we have a continual awareness that you are in the presence of a holy, just, and almighty God. And every motive, thought, word, action is open before him and judged by him. What in the world does that have to do with serving? What it has to do with serving is our approach to the body of Christ and how we interact in a church and in a church setting and in a body of the Christ setting. We have to walk in a fear of God because every motive, every thought, every word, and every action is weighed and open to God. Are you with me? So you may be able to trick the pastor and trick this person and do this kind of thing, but our interaction, the way that we love God's bride is weighed and watched and open before him. It's something that we should take insanely serious. I don't think there's such a thing as a Saturday night where we say, hey, what do you think? Are we going to church tomorrow? Oh, no, no. This is something that is set in our heart and we're in a continual awareness that we're in the presence of a holy because we fear God and we love his body. Are you with me? The body of Christ. It's just such a bigger deal than the American church really makes it out to be. And, and, and again, I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm talking about loving the body of Christ. I'm talking about caring for the, the call and the, and the equipping of what God wants to do here on earth. That is our priority. I'm, 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 <laughs> I wish we were put here on earth to build a house and get some nice cars and enjoy life, but we were actually sent here to empty heaven. Nothing more, nothing less. Build this body, see people set free, and that's what we're called to serve and love. Are you with me? And the blessing about the scripture is that, guess what? You don't have to do it by yourself. Why? Because we're better together. It's better when we work together. We're called to do all of this together. Are you with me? And so we're in this continual awareness. Scripture says we're better together. Corinthians 12.2 kind of shows us how the church is called to operate. And it's basically describing that we're better together. 1 Corinthians 12.12, I'm just going to give you some of the key points out of it. But it says this, just as, as the body has many parts, as our body has many parts, eyes, ears, nose, feet, hands, all these things, so does the body of Christ. But it makes up one body. One working together body. We all have parts. We all have gifts. We all have things that we bring to it, but it makes up one working body. The scripture says in it, it says every part belongs and there's no reason to stop being a part of it. And we're all working together. We're all called. We're all assigned. We're all making up one body. Why? Because we're better together. So if you're a hearer or a seer or you're somebody who can smell, you can discern we're all working together to make this body work. And the scripture says in Corinthians 12, it says that he placed them all just as he wanted them in one body. God put all of us together to be better together as the way that he sees fit. Are you with me? You guys are quiet in this Presbyterian church today. <laughs> are they quiet? I've never been to one, are they? Oh, okay. So here's the problem with American church. 
this servant attitude of like, I understand that I have a place in the body and I have a function in the body and I'm called to make up this body and help this body work and go and be and, 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 and it's equipped and it's empowered by the Holy Spirit. Instead of us believing that we all have our, our way of serving and connecting, instead what we do is we treat church like a menu like a restaurant menu. Now I'm the pastor here, as you know, and so Easter just came and went. And so at Easter season, you have a lot of people checking out your church. And so you get emails asking about the church or you're getting a haircut and people are talking to you about Easter. And so they start asking about your church. And it's so interesting, the selfish place that people come from when they ask about church. They'll ask about the church. They'll say, so I'm, I'm wondering about this church, the body of Christ, they are called vertical. I'm, I'm interested, you know, like, what is the worship style like? Like it's a menu, they're reading a menu. So how do you make the uh, thing here? How, how do you flavor that? Does it have a little bit of this or does it have a little? Because I really like my worship to be like this, but not too much of this. I really like it for me. You get this very selfish. I like it to be like this for me. And then with the preaching. So what's the preaching style? Like, it definitely can't be too long, right? And so I don't want too long. We got stuff to do and kids got soccer and soccer's more important than church. And so we got to get to soccer, right? So there's all this stuff. And so it's this menu. What about this? What about now? And we all say, you know, we, we, we like a sermon that builds us up and is inspirational. And we want to be told that we can have a better life, but we don't want all that heavy stuff. Oh, heavy, like, like convicting, like rebuking, like correcting, you know, like kind of like what the Bible said it's for. <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> and so people come into the church as it's this menu. Hmm, I wonder. And then they have these thoughts of, I mean, we literally have questions about, mm, you know, does your church have a cafe? Does it have a cafe? Is there a way that we can get a... <laughs> and then they say, you know, they say, uh, you know, all of these things, does it have a play place? Does it have all... And we're, we're, in, we're inquiring about this church for our selfish reasons. I'm an ear in the body. What does it have for me as an ear? Because I don't care about anything else. I only want to come and be the ear. No, no. We're all called to work together to make up one body. Are you okay? How much better would it be if somebody came up to the church or came up to the body of Christ and said, hey, I was wondering about how I can pour myself out here. I was wondering if somebody came in and said, hey, I'm just wondering about your church. How quickly can I serve here? How quickly can I give back to the body? How quickly can I become a part of what God's doing? How frequently can I have people over for dinner? How frequently can I connect with a young married couple? How frequently can I give back to the next generation? How frequently can, right? Are you with me? What kind of projects is the church involved in? What do we need to finish as a church? How can I use my resources to give back? And what if we all came into the body of, the Christ, the body of Christ with that approach? We think we'd see a lot of things different in the church culture in America. If we all come saying, hey, I, I want to be a part. I want to serve. I want to give my life to this. I thought about a, a thing in my life as I often weigh things with this last statement. Somebody would be trying to sell me something. Somebody would be trying to get me to be a part of something or, or, or something like that. And I'll listen to the whole spreel and then I'll hear the thing and I'll actually end up saying, oh, no, 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 uh, I don't want to be a part of it. Uh, you know, I'll listen to the whole thing. No, 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 thanks. And I'll say, that doesn't really help me. So I don't want to be a part of that because that doesn't really help me. It doesn't really fit for me. So that doesn't really help me. 
And I wonder how many people show up in church and connect to the body and they say, I don't want to be a part of that because that doesn't really help me. I don't want to go to prayer meeting because I go there and pray, waste an hour of my life, and I don't have an immediate gratification from that, so that doesn't really help me. I don't want to serve and help with the kids and do the thing. It doesn't really help me. I don't have kids. Are you with me? We do the same thing in the body. We, we, just, we judge everything by selfish gain. And our culture has set us up to be able to do it. You have iPod, iPad, all, all the other eyes and all. Do whatever you want. All you people sleeping on your sleep number numbers and everything's about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one always gets the old people upset. I don't know why. My parents and Jeff over here. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But right, is it not true that everything is like, hey, weigh everything by what you want. Do it all for you. But no, the, the body of Christ is like, how can I serve? How can I give myself? How can I step into this environment and make myself available to the body? Amen. There's two kinds of serving that I usually notice. And the first kind of serving is when somebody comes in and they say, look, I'm here to serve. I'll do whatever it takes. I don't care. I just want to serve. I want to make a difference. I want to be a contributor. But then I see another kind of serve person, and it's the person that comes in, and uh, they don't really serve as much as they, in their mind, they come and they want to provide a service. Their heart isn't to serve. Their heart is to provide their service. And so they come in and they say, oh, I am so gifted in this, and I only want to offer you this service. Now, all the other things... I'm not interested in that. I'm above that. I'm better than that. This is my gift, and I'm offering you this service and this service only. Now, giftings are important, and we should all use our giftings to the best of the ability. But if your heart is that you're above other things because you're so gifted and you want to offer only your specific service, you're in a dangerous area. I love this statement. We share it every time we would talk about serving. It's this. It's he who is too big to do small things is too small to ever do big things for God. We got to just put our hands on, see a need and fill it. Whatever God is uh, showing us and revealing to us, we got to step out and put our hand and, and fix it. Are you with me? I love the Apostle Paul. He goes through his writings. You see, in 59 AD, he writes this, I'm the least among the apostles. So he's walking with the Lord, and he says of the apostles, he says, I'm the least among the apostles. Five years later, in 64 AD, he says, I'm the least of all the saints. So he went from this posture of like, I'm, I'm the least of all the apostles. Now, I'm, now I just feel like I'm the least of all the saints. And then one year after that, he says, like, I feel like I'm the chief of all the sinners. The more he walked with God and the more he stayed after it, the more humble, the more he looked and, and thought. And I'm not talking about thinking low of yourself. I'm not saying the more you walk with God, the less you should think of, of you are. We're, we're growing and we're walking. But I'm just saying, isn't it interesting, the pride here, the more tender he got as he walked in the things of God? Do you know that I notice in church, people come in and they get saved and they're Paul in the other direction. They come in and they say, oh, I'm just so glad to be here. I'll serve whatever it takes. I'm just the chief of all sinners. I'll do whatever it takes. But then a couple years later, all of a sudden they go, you know what? I don't need to do that kind of stuff anymore because you know, what? I'm the least, I'm the least of the saints here. You know, I've kind of moved up around. I don't need to participate in some of those other things. I'm now this. And then a little more time later in church, they now start saying, you know what I am? I'm the least of all the apostles here. I've, I've made it up to here. I don't need to participate in all those other things. But God is always about a servant's heart. The, the more we walk with God, the more we should be willing to say, God, whatever it takes, I'm willing to serve. Whatever it takes in the body, I'm willing to be a part of it. Amen. 
I thought about this. You can be right in doctrine, but cold in spirit, and you'll have no influence. So we're talking about serving people and loving people and connecting with people and giving ourselves to people because we're better together with people. But you can have the Bible memorized. You can have all the book studies memorized. But you're so cold in spirit that you have no influence. So essentially, it's not doing you any good. John Maxwell says that influence is, or that leadership is nothing more than influence. That leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. So if you're not influencing people, if people aren't following you, then you're not a leader. I would say it's the same thing in the way that we lead people. Like you can have the Bible memorized, you can have all this kind of stuff, but if you aren't able to come down and love people and connect with people and serve people and lead people and have influence, then you're not living the way God's called you to live. Amen. And, and so it's important for us to be people that come alongside and love on and serve and meet the need of people. We say it like this. People don't care how good we can preach. They care how hard we can reach, love, listen, and how we make them feel. And again, that's not, oh, do you feel good? We're not coddling. I'm talking about, look, like, hey, you're welcome here. We love you. Are you with me? Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 and 28. Again, I'm just pulling some parts out of there. But this is Jesus speaking. He said, whoever wants to become great among you, you must be a what? Servant. Somebody, you want to be great? You want to be a person who walks in greatness? Be a person who's looking for a way to serve and love people, to give your life for people. In verse 28 of it, he says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. You want to be Christ-like? Be somebody who serves other people. Find your place in the body where you can serve. Find your place in the community where you can serve. Find the place in your home where you can serve. In your workplaces, in all of your environments, find the places that you can serve. And what I love about serving God is every time you find your place to serve, it's also the place you find your reward. Oh, the greatest joys are found there. The greatest breakthroughs are found there. Are you with me? You all know that. Those of you that have put your hand to the plow and seen God move, you go, oh my gosh, I've been so much more blessed than what I've been able to bless. Amen. I'll close with this. God wired you to be a person who serves and loves and connects. Now, here's an example that I can prove it to you. If you've ever been in an environment uh, with people you love or you're just in an environment about something that you care about and you're standing in the environment and things are happening, what comes out of your mouth? You're watching all this stuff going on and you're with people that you love and things are happening and then automatically it comes out of the inside of you. You say something like, what can I do? How can I help? Right? You step in and you see all of this stuff is functioning, all this is happening. You go, hey, is there anything I can do? Can I help? How can I be a part of this? Why? Because you care about the environment. You care about the, the thing that's taking place. How much more so in the body of Christ should we show up on the scene and say, oh, I see how God is moving. How can I help? What can I do? Amen. In your workplace, you see someone is just so burnt and stressed and depressed. You should walk in and go, hey, how can I help? What can I do? Can we take you to dinner? Can we tell you? Are you with me? Kids are having a tough time. People are having a tough time with their kids and say, hey, hey, we'll watch the kids for a night. You guys should go. You should go away. Take a nap. <laughs> you look like you need a nap. They tell me that every Monday here. I'm like 12. They come in. They're like, you look like you need a nap. I say, I need a Mountain Dew, D. <laughs> Yeah, orange juice. Second ingredient. I mean, it's basically a healthy choice. <clears throat> Amen? Jeff is with me? No? Okay. 
All right, so last point is this, and I want you to, if you really heard anything, hear this. Serving opens the door for you more than I believe anything else you could possibly do. I know giving opens doors, and I know prayer opens doors. I know all those kinds of things. Uh, but I'm just telling you, I've seen so many times people are like, if I just get to the right church, a door will open. If I get around the right minister, if I go to the right Bible college, if I listen to enough of this, or if I study enough of that. But I'm telling you, it's when people connect with the body and they serve in total love and they and they and i'm just telling you i can give you an example uh, on and on about this team how this team is made up maddie is a result of the hopes scott and sam who served their butt off she she they her life was a was they were a model to her her whole life of serving and laying down your life for the body my life. I didn't go to Bible school. And so those of you that seminary is a big deal to you, it was nice knowing you, I guess, because I'm a nobody. But my parents served their butts off in church. Listen, my mom had such a passion for children's ministry that before you ever saw themed rooms and decorated literally she was going to conferences about churches where they taught you how to make puppets so she's like hot gluing tongues on these open mouth i mean our basement looked demonic all these people like there are these <laughs> but i heard my dad's car at 4 a.m every single day I'm a light sleeper, so he would leave for work at 4 o'clock every day, sometimes even earlier, every day to steal a case, working, putting together chairs in the factory, no air condition, all you millennial who can't handle anything without a frappe and an air condition. They're in there eating Little Debbies and building chairs in 100-degree heat. Yeah, the old-timers. That's why they need a Serta Comfort sleep number bed. Yeah. I wish church folk got as excited about the Lord as they did sleep numbers. But anyway, I'm just kidding. So, so, yeah, for real. My mom drove my truck yesterday and adjusted all my seats in my truck. Now I'm like, I need a nap today because I drove here all. Here's what I'm trying to say. You sit here. You sit, there is no this. So my dad's driving to work every day. Working Saturdays, Saturdays, getting in the car, four in the morning, driving, working a half a day on Saturdays. Do you know what we never did? We never missed a Sunday. You know what else my dad never got? A dime from the church for it. Well, because he understood serving the body. He understood he had a gift and a place. I'm telling you, this room doesn't exist if they don't need that. They would say, oh, we got to get him to the right school. Oh, we got to get him to this. I think you'll do all right if you just show your kids how to love the body of Christ well and serve and plug in and, and show them what it's like to take care. Are you with me? I think about yesterday's conference. Incredible, over a hundred women just preached. Vanessa preached. Like Maddie led incredible worship. They didn't just get through it, they dominated it. My mother-in-law up here sharing her, no offense mother, uh, years of wisdom like years 60 years uh, 
I didn't hear what you said. I'm going to block it out. I do that a lot with her. Just kidding. I love you. But what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, listen, Vanessa, she came the second week of our church. We took her out to dinner. I knew then that one day she would be a part of this church. But you know what she did? She came in and started serving kids ministry well, serving this church well. What did it do? It opened an incredible door for her to walk in her purpose and her calling and her assignment. Same thing with Jess. Jess ain't going to Bible school and studying all this kind of stuff. She's, she's doing life and she's learning and she's trusting God. And then she's saying, I can't keep this for myself. I have to serve others with this. I have to give this back. Are you with me? That's what we're talking about. When we talk about serving and laying down your life and giving, uh, it's not just so we can get more people involved in the church and serve. No, it's because that's what you were created to do. And that's where you'll find fullness of joy. Amen. My last thought is this. Many of you have been with us for a couple years. You would know this. You've heard me say this. But we all want to be the chandelier in God's living room. We all want to be the big, bright, everybody look at this great work and this shining and come see me at center stage in the middle of God's thing. But we don't want to be the nightlight in God's hall. That little steady, consistent, faithful in the dark, never leaving, never going away, nightlight in God's hall. But we say this, but I can tell you that the nightlight has helped a lot more people from stumbling in the dark than the chandelier ever will. If we can just be the consistent, faithful, remaining, steady in the dark. I'm talking when people are going through stuff and they're walking in darkness. We say, I'm here. I'm not going out. I'm not leaving you. We don't only do it on Sunday, chandelier day. No, we're consistent and faithful and remain committed to serving and loving people. Are you with me? That's God's heart. And that's the kind of church that I want to see us be. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is, is consider. I know it's summer coming up and vacations are going to happen and all that stuff's going to take place. But we're better together. And the deal is the enemy's not going to take the summer off. Satan's not going to be like, well, it's summer. Let's just give everyone a break. We'll get them again when vacation's over. No, he's still going for it. And so we still need to have kids' rooms and greeters and all the stuff building the body of Christ. We still need to be inviting people to our community groups and loving on them well. Are you with me? So my encouragement to you is decide and pray and ask God what he would have you do and how he would have you serve. Maybe you're not on a team at the church and you're like, all right, you're, you know, I'm ready to, I don't want anything I said to manipulate you to, to join anything. Let God be the one who reveals how he wants you to walk it out. But maybe it is joining a team or maybe you're already on a team and you're like, you know what? I can give another weekend to it in a month and you can maybe serve two or three times in a weekend. Uh, the good thing about our services are you can worship in one and go serve in another one or serve in one and come down and worship in the second one, whatever works for you. But come on, we gotta come together. We gotta just, we're better together. So we're not gonna take vacation. We're not gonna back down. We're gonna recover on our sleep number beds. But after that, we're going after it, amen?